and welcome to The Trusted Advisor, a channel-focused podcast and video series powered by the Retail Solutions Providers Association. I'm Jim Roddy, your host for today. Thank you so much for joining us. This is a special quick take episode of the pod where we're going to take about 20 or 25 minutes to feature one RSP member who will be speaking at the RSP Academy Online Education Symposium, August 26th through 27th. The symposium will feature more than 20 education sessions and dozens of expert presenters, including today's guest, Tom Bronson, the president and CEO of Business Consultant Mastery Partners. Tom, great to talk with you today. Hey, thank you for inviting me on. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, always a pleasure to uh, to cross paths with you. Haven't been able to do it at any shows uh, in 2020 outside of RSP Inspire, but I'm glad uh, we can communicate this way through the the power of video. So yeah, let's I talk love about it, this. I really look forward to getting us back together again. There's something about you know being face to face with my RSPA family, right? I agree 100, 100%. I, I need my RSPA family fix as well. Um, so let's talk about your presentation. It's part of the marketing track at the RSPA Academy Symposium, and it's titled Transform Your Marketing with StoryBrand. Can you give us a quick preview of your talk, please? Sure. Uh, so StoryBrand uh, comes from a book uh, by Donald Milder, Building a Story Brand. And so the presentation is going to kind of follow uh, the outline in the book. I was referred to this book by a great friend of mine uh, who, uh, who we were talking about my own marketing and he said, you know what, you probably ought to read this book. And so I'm a voracious reader. I think you already knew that. In fact, uh, here is the stack of books that are waiting to be read, you know, sitting on my desk. Uh, but I will get through all of these. And, and of course, the stack will replenish. But so when a great friend of mine uh, like Mike Rose refers me to a book like this, I, I download it on Audible first, listen to the book. And if I like it, then I, I go out and buy the book uh, so that I can make notes in the margins and things like that. And I have to tell you, uh, it was maybe two and a half months ago that uh, he uh, advised me to get the book, and I have read it four times uh, in that uh, short time frame because it is such a an eye-opening uh, process for really kind of restructuring your branding message. Uh, the book tells uh, uh, how to use a seven-step process. It's an easy-to-follow process for implementing your marketing message. It's a character has a problem and meets a guide who gives them a plan and calls them to action that ends in success and helps them avoid failure. That is the seven steps of the story brand messaging. So my presentation uh, will follow those seven steps and will give some practical examples uh, to uh, resellers and ISVs, manufacturers, so that they can start building their own story brand message. Got it, thank you for that. And so you're running a small business, like we said, Mastery Partners. How have you used story brand uh, in your own business? Like, I'm curious about how do you go from the con you know conceptual part of it to the actual execution part of it? Because I'm sure that's what a lot of uh, listeners, a lot of symposium attendees are going to be wondering. Well, and that's that's why I love this book, because it gives you seven easy steps to follow, to take it, to extract the information out of your mind and then uh, put it into a, an easy to understand format so that you can kind of restructure your message. You know, the first thing we did was we went back and looked at our website and our marketing material and we said, well, you know, we're close, 
but we're not on the mark. And so we're restructuring the way we do our marketing message so that we can deliver a clear, understandable message to our uh, prospective clients that that won't lose them, right? If they, it's just like anything else. You know, we are hit with so much information every day, day in and day out, that, man, if you can't capture somebody's attention in that first couple of seconds, then you lose them. And so we've used this seven-step process and then kind of on the back end, the implementation of the seven steps uh, to kind of retool our website and rethink about how we're connecting with our customers so that we can hit them where they're most likely uh, to to connect uh, with our story. So, um, you know, honestly, you know, I'm a big fan, as you know, of lots and lots of books, but a lot of books give you great uh, theory, but no practical way to implement. And so that's what I that's why I was really attracted to this book. I have a degree in marketing. Back, you know, it's it's you know more than. 35 years old and so you know that was back when we were using newspaper and direct mail and although uh, direct mail must still be alive and well because it fills my my uh, uh, my recycle bin daily uh, but you know and things like that where uh, but today marketing is a whole different story and how you implement that and so so really having a strong background in marketing uh, but but using this simple process I was surprised at the areas where I was missing, uh, and, but excited at the things that we were already doing right. And so for us, it was more of a simple retool as opposed to a, to a start over. But in many cases, folks should really think about starting over. Yeah, and that's what some folks are going to have to do is kind of take a hard look at it. And I know one thing when I talk marketing with resellers and, and software developers, they say they don't have time to execute a marketing plan or or a tactic. I'm curious, we didn't get into this, but you were the CEO at Granberry uh, Solutions and a software developer in this space until you sold that a few years back. Were you able to market effectively when you were at Granberry? Um, can, you, can you talk about that at all? Yes, uh, absolutely. You know, I was uh, very blessed to be surrounded by great people. You know, as I've always said, um, you know, hire people that are better than you at everything. And when you realize that you're the dumbest guy in the room, then that's when you have it right uh, as a business owner. Uh, we had an amazing marketing team uh, that, you know, led by uh, Duessa Holscher, who is now the president uh, of Granberry um, after we sold the business. Uh, uh, she's doing an amazing job, but she has a master's degree in marketing and just hired really, really strong marketing folks uh, in the various positions that we had. And we had a marketing team. And I recognize that not everybody has got a marketing team uh, to be able to do that. But our uh, we were very successful in marketing. And I can say that beyond the shadow of a doubt because we measured everything. We could articulate the return on investment for every dollar we invested in marketing. And hear me because this is a, a nuance invest versus spend. I never spend money on anything. I only invest in everything. And uh, and uh, investing in marketing, if you're measuring the return on that investment, then it gives you clues about where to go next. So we knew with every dollar we spent where we got the biggest bang for that investment. Uh, and And frankly, 
I'm really surprised as I as I talk with I guess I'm not really but as I as I talk with various ISVs and, and resellers that they don't measure the return on their marketing because I'll ask them you go to this trade show or that trade show what's your return on that investment uh, and they go well you know we get some leads and and we close some deals well you you have to measure it all the way down. How many leads do you get by going to a trade show? How many of those leads uh, convert into uh, opportunities? How many of those opportunities convert to customers? So each year when it was time for us to evaluate at Granberry, how we were spending our, our, our investing, our marketing dollars, it was real easy. We went to, uh, in our peak year, we went to 24 trade shows a year, 24. Uh, and but we could tell you exactly what the return was on every single one of those shows. And if we went two years without without um, making money, I'm not talking about breaking even without making money, we would cut that show because we just weren't getting a return. And so uh, so really, that is the the one of the most important things. And we were successful in marketing because we just measured everything. Right. And so I'm sure some folks are listening to this and saying, well, I don't have a team, so I can't do those things. We got a team because we had to go to 24 trade shows, right? I mean, the, the smaller resellers and smaller ISVs typically don't have to go to that level of it. And it seems like it takes, I don't want to minimize the uh, difficulty with it, but it just takes discipline in order to do that. How much did we spend, right? What did we get out of the show? Like I said, from a lead standpoint, who were they? Let's track them and let's get together six months from now and see how they are in the pipeline. So when we're making the decision for next year's show, again, I don't want to oversimplify it, but it seems like it takes more discipline to do that than it does a degree in marketing, not to insult well, you having a degree in marketing. No, no, yeah, yeah, you uh, have a degree in marketing, so you can't insult me, right? So, uh, so the um, um, it, we were doing this even when Granberry had 13 people, and we were doing a you know a half a million dollars in revenue back in 2001, um, and. Uh, we didn't have fancy CRMs that everybody has those tools. If you're using your CRM, and, and nearly everybody has a CRM now, uh, you know, a, a customer relationship management uh, tool. Uh, if you're using that properly, then it's a simple matter of pushing a button and getting a report for, for how the return is. We physically, though, even when I was super small, we physically wrote down every lead that came in on a spreadsheet. Uh, and we tracked those leads, and every month we would look at the leads that came in, where they came from. Uh, again, we were advertising very heavily in the trade publications uh, for our industry. Uh, at the time, it was you know Pizza Today and PMQ Magazine, uh, and we would get leads from those. We would track those, and we could. It was a manual process, but you're absolutely right it takes discipline you got to write down everything if you don't have a crm it's so much easier today to just record that in the crm and then you can just track it if it's marked properly that this lead came from the pizza expo or the ohio restaurant show or the or the uh, california wine symposium uh then then you know when that closes and at the end of the year when it's time for us to evaluate we just push a button we see where all of the deals that we had that year closed we could measure the the amount of revenue we knew what our gross profit was on those deals and and then i could extrapolate what the net profit was so we would know what the return is it's really super simple but it's a system 
and it's relentlessly sticking with a system. So anybody who says, well, I don't have the resources, look, my receptionist was tracking that stuff uh, back then uh, and and we never missed. And, and, I, yeah. and I kept a book. In fact, I wish I almost had it today uh, in the, but I think it's probably contributed to the Granberry Library of of stuff, uh, you know, with the eight and a half inch discs and or eight inch discs and whatever uh, that we used to uh, sell. But uh, but just tracking that stuff manually will give you some idea, because if you don't, then you could just be wasting money on marketing, and that's just horrible. Why, you know, it's it, every dollar that that we make in business is a precious dollar. We, we need to nurture that dollar to make it all the way to the bottom line. And if we're just spending money without realizing what kind of return we're getting, man, that's tough. That's tough, and it's and it's super easy, even for somebody in a small business. Yeah, just to emphasize that, so those of you listening to the podcast on audio won't get the benefit of of seeing this, but on video, I published a sports magazine back in the 90s, launched it in 1993. This is my blue notebook. Um, you know, I had the note cards in here, and that's how I kept track of all my uh, customers doing that. So I still keep that in my top left-hand drawer. And like you said, it just takes you committing to doing it and building that system in order to take the time to yes. track things. So uh, let, let me, uh, before we have to take a quick break, um, can you talk about what are the first steps for VARs and ISVs? What are the first steps they can take to begin transforming their marketing with StoryBrand besides registering for the RSPA Academy Symposium, which we encourage everybody to do? But like, what's a, a step or two tangible that folks can do once they get exposed to these concepts? Yeah, that, that's a great question. So of course, first of all, they need to register for the symposium. I mean, it's a, it is a great value. I was really surprised at the, at the cost for that. You should register everybody uh, in your organization to go get some great uh, tools uh, there. But uh, so spoiler alert about uh, my upcoming uh, presentation. Here's the first thing that you should think about if you wanna retool your marketing message. If your marketing is all about you, how great you are, all the wonderful things you do for your uh, clients and prospective clients and all the awards that you've won, then you should probably rethink it. Uh, your message needs to be about your customer and their journey and you being their guide. Uh, and so, uh, so this um, will walk you through all of that process. But, but think about your own marketing. And the easiest place to start is go look at your website. What does your website communicate to prospective uh, buyers? And by the way, you know, uh, there's a lot of websites uh, in the industry that need to be updated and it's super simple and not very expensive. Uh, and if you look at our website, we built it all ourselves uh, and, and I don't have a big team now, right? I mean, it's just me and, and one or two other people, uh, but, but we did it ourselves because we just took the time to learn how to do that. But you can do these things a lot less expensively than you could. And if your uh, website doesn't talk about the customer journey, if it just talks about who you are and what you do, then you're gonna lose those prospective customers because there's lots of other places that they can turn today and easy ways to find it. So, so in my opinion, Jim, the first place to look is just go look at your website. If it talks more about you than it does your customer, then you probably need to attend uh, the seminar at the symposium uh, so that you can learn how to transform that message. 
Got it. Thank you. And so uh, before we take a break and thank our sponsors, um, like Tom mentioned, the symposium, if you register by August 7th, it's only $39 for the early bird. And I'll just, I won't tell you the non-early bird fee, but it's not radically more like it's not going to go up to $500 and something that you you can't afford. So if you're listening to this after August 7th, it's still affordable. And just make sure you go on to gorspa.org uh, and then you can click on uh, the knowledge tab and then go to the uh, information on the symposium. But we do want to take a chance to thank our sponsors who support the RSPA community and make this podcast and video series possible. Our platinum sponsors are Blue Star, Heartland, Scant Source and Shift for Payments. And thanks to our new platinum sponsor, Mastery Partners. Tom, I'll be sending you the invoice for that. Really, uh, really appreciate that. I don't know if I mentioned that before. Oh, hey, I got to um, go. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so to receive the benefits of an RSP membership or RSP sponsorship, email membership at gorspa.org. Uh, so um, so that's story brand. Let's, that's marketing. Let's talk about, uh, spend a few minutes today talking about some of the philosophies and tactics in your book, Maximize Business Value, Begin with the Exit in Mind. It's a book that you published earlier this year. And one passage that jumped out to me was, if you start to prepare less than two years before planning to exit your business, there's very little you can do to change the outcome. And so what can our listeners do today to begin that two-year process to begin to either transition their business to or their employees or their family or to sell it to somebody else? Talk about uh, what can they do to start that two-year process? So, so it does say that two years is kind of the minimum, and I want to point that out. Two years is really kind of the minimum amount of time, and there is no maximum amount of time. Every business I have ever been in, and those of you who know me already know that I have bought or sold a hundred businesses in my career. Uh, I never got into a new business without first thinking about what my exit strategy was. Uh, and and so I say uh, it, at the very beginning or the earliest time you can think of is when you should start thinking about uh, your exit. But if you're if you're two years out or or three years or five years or whatever, there's some things that that I think that you should probably be thinking about now. First of all, eighty three percent of small businesses that attempt a transition. And and thank you, Jim, for pointing out, transitions come in a number of different for, uh, forms. You know, you can transition to family, management, uh, you can transition from being an owner operator to being an owner investor, you can sell to a third party, you can sell to a financial buyer, a strategic buyer, uh, you can liquidate the business. I mean, there's all kinds of different ways to transition a business. And most businesses in America today are small business as defined by 100 million in revenue or less. That is 99.7% of businesses. So that's the stat I'm talking about. 83% of those businesses that come on the market each year that attempt a transition of whatever flavor fail to do so. 83% of them fail to do so. Uh, and there's a lot of reasons why. Uh, number one would be uh, unrealistic expectations of value uh, by the owner. Uh, number two is they're just never, they're not prepared for a transition. Even if you're gonna transition a business from one generation to the next generation, there are things that you need to do to prepare that business for that transition so that it will be smooth and uh, and uh, and a, a higher chance of success 
for the legacy, the people that that stay behind and, and are now are the stewards of the business. So I say with starting by getting real with where you are today, truly understand the strengths and weaknesses of the business and get a valuation. Have somebody uh, tell you approximately uh, what the business is worth. Now, um, we do valuations for our for our clients, but uh, but we tell them right at the outset that um, it's worthless. <laughs> you know, here's this nice document and it's worthless because the only way to truly value a small business, and that's any non-publicly traded business, is to find a willing buyer and a willing seller who agree on price. That doesn't mean you can't get a good solid idea of about what you're worth from somebody who's qualified to do so. So get a valuation so that you really kind of understand where you are uh, and uh, and then think about where you want to be and when you want to be there. I hear over and over from a lot of uh, RSPA members that, well, gosh, I just don't really want to retire. Well, that's awesome. Uh, and, and nobody wants you to retire as long as you want to work. The funny thing about us baby boomers is we just want to work. We like to work. We don't want to retire, uh, you know, and, and we want to just keep going. But the reality is, is that eventually, we do have uh, an expiration date. You know, fortunately, we don't know what that is, but eventually the business will have to transition. And so it's much better to think about what does that transition look like? If you've got children in the business, you should be talking with them about what it what it means to actually own the business and think about and prepare them. But if you don't, and if you if you want to transition it to management, you got to have those conversations and get clear in your own mind about what your exit looks like. That doesn't mean I've got, I've got to exit tomorrow. That means getting very clear about where you are. Because if you start with step one and get a clear definition of where you are today, and then you can define where you want to be in, in an approximate time frame of when you want to be there, then you can build a map to get from where you are to where you want to be. So, so I say start now, no matter when your transition is coming. If you just started your business this year, think about what that exit looks like uh, and, and start preparing uh, for that exit, no matter how far it is. Our clients are typically three to five years out, but I do have one client who's an RSPA member who is 15 years away. He said, yeah, I, you know, I want to, I probably want to sell it when I'm about 75. And so I need to start preparing for it today. And that's a smart plan because then it's easier to follow the process and just, and, and to think about those things you need to do. So define where you are, where you want to be, and then it's easy to, to, to build a map to get there. Yeah, and if you think you can wing this or you can put it off or it's not going to happen to you, father time is undefeated, right? There are no 125-year-olds on the planet Earth. So you can kind of do the math right now and go, okay, at some point, I'm going to have to do something. It's not something you can just snap your fingers and, and turn the business around. So um, last couple questions for you is, so if somebody says, okay, there's the exit process, but I'm going to put that off for a long time because I'm, I'm younger. I see myself doing that 15, 20 years from now, but you have to build up the value of your business. So can you talk about key areas that resellers and ISVs should focus on to maximize the business value so they can hand it off or sell it. And I'm sure recurring revenue has to be one of those because I distinctly remember, Tom, I can't remember what year this is, but it was at the New, or at a New Orleans at a Vartec. I don't know if you remember this. 
on the field, they had a buffet. Like people were kicking field goals, playing soccer. They had a buffet and you and I crossed paths there. Surprise, you and me crossing paths at a buffet. And you were talking about some businesses that you were looking at and you said, if they don't have recurring revenue, I have no interest in buying them, but I will train them how to get more recurring revenue. Then I will buy them for a higher price than what they're originally going to offer. So uh, I guess if we can focus there, like recurring revenue has to be one of the big things that folks in this industry can do to increase the value of their business. Absolutely. I've been beating that drum since I think um, 2004. Um, You know, we were an early adopter of a SaaS model. You know, we called it PaaS, POS as a service, where we integrated uh, hardware and software, everything into one easy monthly payment. Uh, and, And we were never shy about it. We said, look, Here's how you can build. You're, you're never you're never shy about anything. Like let's well, be honest, but I'm a you said, really weren't shy about that. You just have a way of opening me up. You know, I'm like a flower. You know, so, <laughs> so yeah, that's what I was so, thinking. Tom Bronson, yeah, like right. a flower. <laughs> right. So so more like an onion, right? I have lots of layers. <laughs> uh, so um, the recurring revenue to me is number one, uh, and I'm very gratified that that you know through the years since I've been kind of beating that drum, and you have too. I mean, we've sat on I can't tell you how many panels where we've talked about you know really kind of creating a, a recurring revenue engine. There's something nice about pushing a button on the first day of the month and knowing that you've got all of your expenses covered, right? Uh, it's just it's just a, a brilliant uh, uh, strategy. Every business in America can be a recurring revenue engine, though, and so it's just a matter of retooling it. I'm very gratified since all these um, various things, you know, Vartec and and, uh, Retail Now and Inspire, we talk about recurring revenue so much that I'm gratified that so many more uh, ISVs and resellers are doing that uh, today. But I'm also um, confused by those that aren't. Uh, doing it today. You know, it's not that hard. Um, you just have to think about it. It's like anything else. Step back and be strategic and think about your business. And if you need some help with that, call me. I, I consult on recurring revenue build, uh, building, you know, all day long, no charge. I'll tell you how to do it. Jim will tell you how to do it. It's super, super simple. So that's that's number one is build that recurring revenue. Number two is you've got to have a good growth strategy. If you want to build value, long-term value in your business, you've got to have a good growth strategy because businesses that are growing consistently uh, are always, always more valuable than businesses that are flat or declining. The only exception to that is uh, declining businesses actually will fetch a decent price if the whole market is declining, but the business is declining at a slower pace. Well, that's not what's happening here in this business. This, this, The business that we're all in at uh, the, the members of RSPA, it's still a growth market. And so, so you need to be growing at least at the pace that the market is growing. Uh, and so that's very important. Flat businesses, are less valuable than growing businesses. That's number number two. Number three, and and really one of the most important messages I want to get out to um, to our RSBA members is think about what I call owner dependency. Is the business completely dependent on the owner? Uh, if it is, it's it could be worth zero, 
no matter the size of the business. Because think about it, if you wanna transition that business to, to somebody in the business or uh, to a third party, and the business is completely dependent on the owner, well, then the owner has to stay in order to do those things or stay for an extended period of time to, in order to transition those things. So I always advise uh, our clients and, and RSPA members to figure out a way to make yourself completely useless in the business. That, that, that doesn't mean you have to walk away from the business, but you have to make sure that everybody else can do things that you do. If there is knowledge, tribal knowledge that is locked up in your brain or things that have to happen that you're the only person that knows how to do this, then that is a bad deal because it, it makes the business less valuable. The more you can transition to other people and make the business sustainable without you, the more valuable the business is. So those are my top three things, recurring revenue, growth strategy, and owner dependency. Got it, and I'll point, uh, I'll emphasize some of those points he had. If you wanna uh, get a list of the, or what we call the ultimate list of recurring revenue products and services for point of sale resellers and ISVs, go onto the RSPA website, and just in the search, you can do ultimate recurring revenue. It's gonna be the first thing uh, that pops up. And then you tied into it, Tom, where you're talking about the ownership dependency. I alluded to my own business earlier that I launched when I was 23 and ended up uh, shutting down when I was 28. I totally flunked the owner dependency thing. I was doing everything. And if you go on and go onto the RSP website and search maximize business value, you'll see my uh, book review of Tom's book, Maximize Business Value. And you'll see how I shared with you and shared with everybody in terms of how I totally made that mistake when I went to sell that business off. I had people say, without you, tell me what this business is. And it was like, ugh, like I really hadn't built uh, any systems under it. So maybe that's why I'm always preaching systems and delegation and the right team, because boy, I learned that learned that lesson the hard way. Um, yes, so I love the fact in your review that you actually told your personal story and you were not shy about sharing that because so many other business owners could tell exactly the same story, right? And so make sure that you build a way to be able to extract yourself from the business. Yeah, I got zero from my I, five and a half years. I mean, I got a lot of good stories out of it, right? You know, it was, uh, you know, the best uh, education I had that I ended up with, you know, relatively debt free. But, you know, from a business value standpoint, it just it just didn't have it uh, from that standpoint. Good learning lesson for me, though. But again, I don't want people to have to learn the hard way. Um, right. Uh, like I have in, in this. So last question for you, and we love asking our guests this on the podcast. Can you recommend for our audience a book to read, an online resource to follow, a podcast to listen to, but you cannot say Maximize Business Value by Tom Bronson is the book that you should read. We already recommended that. So uh, if there's something else uh, that you can bring to the table, Tom, and introduce us to, again, you said you're a voracious reader. I'm sure yes. you'll have at least one for us. I have at least one. Of course, podcasts, I think this podcast, you know, every, every member of the RSPA and people who are in the industry should be listening to this podcast. It is great information over and over, and I applaud you for, for your effort there. We also have a podcast which goes by the same name as the book, Maximize Business Value, available wherever you find podcasts. And those those are things that you can listen to, you know, week in and week out. The beauty about podcasts is they're evergreen, right? You know, they're, they're out there. So, of course, my number one book is uh, uh, Build a Story Brand by Donald Miller, which I will be talking about at the symposium. Uh, I am I am most recently 
listening to, I do this a lot when I go running in the morning uh, or when I'm driving in my car, uh, that is what I call uh, no extra time or net time. I can read a book while I'm doing these other things, right? And so I am re-listening to a book that I'd read uh, a while back, and that's Start With Why by Simon Sinek. It's an amazing uh, book. Uh, another book I would recommend is Traction, uh, which is the Entrepreneurial Operating System by Gino Wickman. Uh, you're looking for the book, I can see. Uh, I got Traction. And, uh, there you go, Traction. I, I got to tell you, it, for business owners out there and uh, people who are listening to this podcast, that is a transformative book. Uh, and so you, you should absolutely get Traction. I tell every client, you have to read Traction. Look at that. Start with why and Traction. You don't have building a story brand, though, yet, do you? No, you know what, Tom? It's on my list. I've been taking notes as you've been talking. That's on awesome. my to-do list. Awesome. So, But I could go on and on because, you know, like your book, I should read tool. I have one, two, three, four, five floor to ceiling bookshelves that are crammed full of books. We could go on and on and on about books because I just, I read, I probably read, you know, 40 books a year. Um, and some of them I'm re, I reread because it just, I need to be reminded of the message, right? And so, uh, so yeah, get, read a lot. You know, be be a uh, be a lifelong student, uh, and and you can do that when you read books. And uh, and of course, you know, uh, another one of my uh, favorites, which is over your shoulder there. You know, hire like you just beat cancer. <laughs> that is also a great book. <laughs> And for those of you who can't see that over my shoulder, that was my first book uh, that I published. So uh, you win, Tom. That's the right answer. We've always been looking for a right answer for uh, what is a resource people should <laughs> should read. So does no, that mean uh, I get a free that. platinum sponsorship? <laughs> uh, no, it's actually an extra five percent charge uh, for you. Special special upcharge uh, for you on that. But no, I'm you know we joke about it. But for twenty dollars, for fifteen dollars, you can get a great education. Uh, from a book and the podcasts are absolutely free and there's a lot of really, really good ones out there. And Tom mentioned a couple. Again, once you subscribe to those podcasts, just search around for other business podcasts and really find something to, to help your business. So, well, we are out of time, but we really hope you enjoyed our discussion today. If you did, be sure to subscribe to the RSPA YouTube channel and to the Trusted Advisor podcast so you never miss an episode. We also appreciate if you would rate us wherever you find your favorite podcasts. I know Tom shares the same philosophy as I do. The more stars, the better. And if you'd like to learn more best practices for VARs and ISVs in the point of sale channel, register for the RSPA Academy Education Online Symposium, August 26th and 27th. The symposium will feature six tracks, VAR and ISV education, marketing, sales, customer experience, security, and next-gen technologies. You can register for the symposium at gorspa.org and then following the knowledge tab in the navigation. Before we go, thanks again to Tom Bronson for sharing his wisdom with us today. Tom, we really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. And go register for the symposium. Great. Thanks also to RSP Marcom Manager Chris Arnold for his production work, Joseph McDade for our music, and last but not least, thanks so much to you for listening. Our goal at the RSPA is to accelerate the success of our members in the point-of-sale ecosystem by providing knowledge and connections. For more information, visit our website, gorspa.org. Thank you for listening, and goodbye, everybody.